Will, whoa, rare FaceTime. To what do I owe this honor? I have earned this FaceTime because I'm great. I need to see your face the moment you realize how great I am. So you found out about Captain Blaster? This took forever. This wasn't a Google. This was a dig into 1920s business and corporation records and call in favors from that creepy old guy who tables at C2E2 sort of thing. But I got it because I'm great. Okay, so what's Captain Blaster and what's his deal? No. Tell me I'm great first. That's how hard this was. I need to hear how great I am before you hear this. You're great. Damn right. Okay. So, in 1928, Amazing Stories debuted both Buck Rogers and the Skylark of Space in the same issue. They were a new thing in science fiction, spaceman adventures, strange planet, Robin Hood with a ray gun. And Captain Blaster came out a year later in 1929, part of the first wave of cheap ripoffs. Blast into Adventure magazine was put out by a small publisher no one knows the name of anymore. Three different websites listed four different names. No copies survived, but it's sort of famous because Captain Blaster and the Venusians ran in Blast into Adventure magazine number one and started with chapter two literally starts with Captain Blaster already running from the Venusians without explaining why. The creepy old guy from C2E2 thinks it was a publisher's error, but they just rolled with it and kept putting out issues, never bothering to go back and reprint Chapter 1. Who wrote it? They used a house name, John Rutherford. A house name is sort of a collective pen name owned by the publisher so that they could hire and fire writers at will. So no one knows who created Captain Blaster. No origin, no creator, just a Buck Rogers ripoff popping into existence mid-story. Okay, weird. It gets weirder. The magazine lasted for a few months before the stock market crash and the publisher folded. Apparently, someone acquired the rights because Captain Blaster stories started appearing here and there in Wonder Stories, Astounding Stories, Super Science Stories, tons of places. No matter what magazine or which publisher a story ran in, it was always under the name John Rutherford. No one knows if John Rutherford was one person or several people or just a name people popped on bad filler stories they didn't want to take credit for. The stories just... They appeared out of nowhere? Exactly. Whenever a science fantasy pulp of the 30s or 40s needed to fill a few pages with racist, sexist garbage, Captain Blaster was there. I did mention it's garbage, right? You didn't. Well, it's garbage. Boring, sexist, racist, despite there being no other races than white people. Just awful. The radio show isn't that bad. I mean... They're chasing an Asian man, and there's a female character just named She, but... Hmm. They toned it down for radio. Less racism, more pop space adventure for kids. Captain Blaster actually got sort of big after World War II. I guess people wanted an escape, and Captain Blaster was just stupid enough. Fox Features Syndicate put out a comic book in 46, and WXYZ in Detroit did that radio show in 47. The mutual broadcasting system ran it nationwide. Dumont, it was an early TV station that tanked, 
did a TV show of it in 1949 and hired away the radio cast. Dumont ran it for a few months, but pulled it really suddenly and sort of quietly. I found an old Variety article about it. Here, let me text you the link. Cricks say Boffala, but XX pulls Space Scan. Why'd they cancel it? Doesn't say, but Dumont created Captain Video right after that, so maybe they wanted something they owned. So they just ripped off Captain Blaster? That's shady. Hey, take it up with the Skylark of Space. TV, pulps, comics, they're all ripoffs ripping off ripoffs. Batman is the Shadow, Zorro, and the Scarlet Pimpernel. Star Trek was Wagon Train in Space. When you're making low art, even really good low art, it's gotta sell. And you know what will sell by what did sell. Great. So all our culture is just rebranded spin-offs. There's a reason you've seen every Marvel movie. Rip-offs work. But if Dumont ripped off Captain Blaster to make Captain Video, they got theirs. In 1950, CBS ripped off Captain Video to make Tom Corbett Space Cadet, and ABC made Space Patrol. By the mid-50s, there was Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, Rocky Jones, Space Ranger, Commando Cody, Sky Marshal of the Universe, Rod Brown of the Rocket Rangers. Every network had a spaceman, and none of them were Captain Blaster. And now my baby monitor is playing Kirkland brand Flash Gordon. So, what happened to the show? Well, after Dumont pulled the show in 49, Captain Blaster just sort of vanished. DC Comics was in talks to buy the rights in 57, but they decided it made more sense to have characters they would own outright, so they created Adam Strange and Space Ranger. A Japanese studio wanted to make a Captain Blaster anime in the 70s, but at the last minute the studio went with the Captain Future pulp instead. Captain Blaster sort of lingered in intellectual property limbo ever since. I couldn't find a definitive answer on who owns it or what there is even to own. What do you mean, what there is to own? There's almost nothing left of Blast into Adventure. The John Rutherford house name was phony, and there aren't any known copies of the original Blast into Adventure magazine, just the garbage backup stories that popped up in other magazines in the 30s. There might be a couple old copies of the comic book in some shop's quarter bin, but I couldn't find anything online. Fox Comics went bankrupt in 1950, and sold off their characters to Carlton Comics, Ajax Farrell, Star Publications, bunch of places. Blast Into Adventure was one of the titles no one bought. What about the radio and TV shows? They're gone too. The radio station used to wipe and reuse their old magnetic tapes. All the episodes were probably taped over with The Green Hornet or Lone Ranger, and the Dumont Television Kinescope archives were dumped in the Upper New York Bay in the middle of the night during some tense contract negotiations in the 70s. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a messed up story. Ernie Kovacs' widow testified about it in front of Congress in the 90s. Worth a Google. So what's left? A name, a few backup stories in old sci-fi magazines and a guy in the suburbs who is somehow hearing a missing radio show through his baby monitor. <laughs> so who have I been listening to? What happened to the cast? It was sort of a rotating collection of actors playing the main parts, whoever was around the radio station that week. Captain Blaster was the only consistent one. He was played by a guy named Kyle Ronton. 
Dumont hired him for the TV show, too. After the show was canceled, he gave some really weird interviews, then went missing in 1950. Apparently, he moved back to Kansas. Weird interviews? Check your laptop. I emailed you a YouTube video. With us today, we have a real treat, radio actor Kyle Ronton. Until recently, Kyle played Captain Blaster of the children's cavalcade Last Into Adventure, running on the other television network. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Ronton. Well, Arthur, I'd actually like to take this conversation in a different direction than the one I discussed with your producers. A few discoveries have come to my attention, a few of which I'd like to make your viewers aware. The nature of reality is fluid, of course, but a few bits of truth have come through the veil unimpeded over the centuries. I'd like to read now from the Upanishads. There are four parts, breath, eye, ear, What is mind. he doing? This is one Tanking his career. Called you can jump ahead a bit. This goes on a while. Einstein found that Lawrence's discoveries were consistent with relativity, writing in 1905 that, quote, if an electrically charged body is in motion, skip ahead. In space. <laughs> yes, Arthur, for the accumulator to work, you should be naked, but you're missing the larger point. The energy of an orgasm is blue, of course, sort of a blue-gray energy of the type you can see in certain frogs in a state of arousal, the northern lights, St. Elmo's fire, even the blue of the sky. I think we should stop it there before the sensors see red. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kyle Ronton, for this um, illuminating interview. Thank you for having me. Funny, this is probably going to be my last interview. I'll say. No, no, Arthur, I'm leaving Hollywood. My plans are coming together and I'm moving on. Where are you going? Ad Astra per Aspera. The state motto of Kansas. Is it now? Are you moving to Kansas? Are you from there? I'm going home. Well, there you have it, folks. Famed radio actor and, until recently, television's Captain Blaster, Kyle Ronton is leaving the Hollywood lights for a quieter life among the simple farm folk of the Kansas Plains. Thank you, Kyle, for joining us today. That's him. That's the son of a bitch who's been pranking me. That has been, has been messing with me. By playing old radio shows? God, I forgot to tell you, the hackers started talking to me. And that is the exact voice of the person I was talking to. Tom. I'm going to call the cops on him. This has got to be like invasion of privacy or, I don't know, the Patriot Act? Is this a Patriot Act thing? Tom, this is from 1949. What? The recording is from 1949. There's no way it's him. That's him, though. I swear it. That is a dead man who went crazy after losing his space show. Kyle Ronton vanished in 1950. There were a few newspaper articles trying to track him down, but then people remembered that interview and realized he moved back to Kansas. He's probably some Topeka family's wacky dead great-grandpa they still tell stories about. He never said Kansas. He said he was going home. Yeah, but he said the Kansas motto, remember? Ad Astra per Aspera? Hmm. Ad Astra per Aspera. What does it mean? 
through hardship to the stars. Placento Adventure was written by Paul Daly, starring Devin Whitlock as Will Chambers, Steve Gilpin as Tom Riley, Jack Disselhorse as Kyle Ronton, and Paul Daly as the talk show host. Join us next episode for more Astonishing Adventure. <laughs>